I'm Sir Evans, and welcome to some real life morning motivation. Because no one wakes up in the morning and says, I hope I have a bad day. My desire is to empower and inspire your daily endeavors. Because you can do whatever you set your mind to. The question is, what do you want to do? Whether you're still finding your passion, pursuing it, or living it, motivation is a daily requirement for your success. So here's your morning motivation. I think we're back in action. I think we, I, I, I would think that we are back in action. Welcome y'all back to the Surreal Life Morning Motivation Podcast Show. This is Sir Evans, your host for the day. Your host always. Hope y'all had a blessed week. My week's been pretty good so far. Ups and downs, mostly uh, consistent learning here and there. I would probably say that my biggest struggle this week... Y'all, y'all gonna, y'all gonna think it's petty, but I'm, you know, I don't really care. So, I've been trying to convince my wife to get a dog. And some of y'all are married folks out there, like you're trying to convince your wife that you get a dog, man. Get a dog. It just don't work like that. You just can't bring home no dog. You know, you just can't bring home no puppy. And be like, hey, baby. Then on top of that, my wife is allergic to certain kinds of dogs. So I had to take some additional time as I'm politicking for a new dog to find these hypoallergenic dogs. And what works and which wouldn't. So a dog that basically doesn't do a whole lot of shedding. So I've narrowed it down. You know, I got... You know, I got a few that I'm really politicking for. You know, I will settle. I will gladly settle for a Labradoodle. You know, she's she see these little teacup dogs like, yeah, well, how about this one? Yeah, I don't want, I don't want no teacup dog. If that's the case, I, I get a guinea pig or a gerbil or a rabbit, something like that. I want a, I want a dog that you know I can feel respectable walking around. And I know some of y'all might have a little dogs, and that's you know to each his own. Just for me, I just want a dog that's got a little bit of girth to it. You know, just a little size. But either way, it ain't happening. So, you know, we uh, we don't have any kids yet, and my my um, my angle, if you will, is you know what, baby, if we you know we don't we don't have any kids yet, and I mean, they're big responsibilities. So why don't we just start with something small, you know, like a like a dog, you know, something something small. I think she's not only afraid of the allergies, which even if they don't have it, that she would be the one that would be having to take care of the dog and having to walk the dog and feed the dog and eventually fall in love with the dog. You know, that's just how it works, you know, but it is what it is. Pick your battles. I'm still working on it. I'll keep y'all posted on that. I got faith. I got faith she's going to come around. And actually, I'm going to be having her coming up on the show here soon just to kind of chit-chat, you know dialogue politic converse with her hubby and uh you know share some thoughts on basically really just to kind of share some thoughts on um not only just being new to marriage but really just navigating that dating world you know because it can be challenging and we've both had our own journeys that we had to endure to get to one another so that's a uh, conversation for another episode so today's morning motivation 
It's about that time for today's morning motivation. Once again, if you have not subscribed to the morning motivation text thread, please do so by texting motivate me to 31996. Once again, text motivate me to 31996. Morning motivations are messages that I started sending out a couple of years ago to one or two people that grew into a couple hundred and also blossomed into a book and also blossomed into another book that is on the way. You're going to be just fine. Morning motivations, 365 days of the year. So, I send those, still send those out, so please subscribe if you feel like you need some more than motivation, inspiration, and empowerment. Or hey, you might know somebody else that does. So, you know, as usual, I highlight a morning motivation topic that you guys send in that you would like to hear more on. So, today's morning motivation. Has anyone ever told you that you look a lot like Pavlov's dog? <laughs> Ivan Pavlov was a Russian scientist who was interested in studying how digestion works in mammals. Pavlov said that his dogs were indicating classical conditioning. Basically, this means if you ring a bell and present food, eventually the dog will learn to associate the two. After a while, the bell ringing by itself without food being present will produce the same response. Hence, the dog is being conditioned to expect a reward based upon a trigger. Even when no reward is present, what is it that you have been conditioned to doing that might have granted you some reward initially, but now you are simply being fueled by the bell minus the reward? Pay attention to your habits to find the answer. What is it that you do based upon habits that are really not doing you any good? In fact, it may even be doing you harm. Keep in mind, it was Ivan Pavlov who made this discovery and not Pavlov's dog. This is a reminder that you're human, which makes you smarter than a dog and more capable of not only finding out the problem, but fixing it as well. That's a loaded one. So it's a, it's a few areas in there that, that, that pop out, okay? So first of all, just to get a little history on Pavlov's dog. Most, most of you guys have probably heard of this, and if you haven't heard of it, there is a, a psychological term, it's called classic conditioning. That is when we associate um, two things together and one has a response um, one has a trigger on the other one which prompts the other one kind of like the bell the food so when you ring the bell you get prepared for food okay so what was happening was when Pavlov was actually working on this experiment initially this wasn't even what he was looking for he was basically trying to find out the conditioning between his dog salivating when food was being prepared but what he found out is that the dog will start salivating before the food even got to him. So as the, as the assistant was beginning to bring the food over to the dog, that's when the dog began to salivate. So Pavlov was like, hmm, I haven't even brought the food over to him yet, and he's salivating. So what is the connection? The connection is that when the dog saw that the assistant was bringing the food over, he already knew what time it is. So for y'all that got dogs, when you when you bring in your dog some food, they might even get excited just to hear you coming. 
whether they rubbing or not. But hey, let's use food as the example for this time. Oh, master's home. Master's home. I know he about to feed me because I'm hungry. Ain't nobody else going to feed me. Dog starts to get excited, starts to get up, starts to pant, tail starts to wag. He's excited. She's excited because they know that you are about to bring either the love or either the food. Either way, they're conditioned to you. You are a part of that. So he began to dedicate his life to researching this conditioning and how certain things have certain triggers. And for the sake of those who might be in the psychology field, I'm going to um, I'm going to step away from the trigger. I'm going to use trigger for this example, but I also want to let y'all know that in when it comes to mental health, trigger is used for something else. That word is 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 used for a different area. Trigger is typically used as something that is a reflect to a traumatic event which I'm going to get into that in a little bit. So I'm, I want to just use that term right now because that's what I used in the morning motivation. And this is kind of why we send these things, you guys send these things in so that we can kind of break them down a little bit. Um, but I wanted to kind of first expose what is that classic conditioning. So that conditioning, let's let's say, for example, when we were a kid, I don't know how many of y'all got, got um, I was about to use the whooping example, but I don't even want to use it. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use it. So you know that it was something that your parents didn't do. Okay, it was something that you didn't do. Let's say you got in trouble, okay? So, or even something simple around the house that you might not have done. No, 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 no. Let's, let's make it a little more simple. Let's make it a little more simple. Let's make it a little more simple. I had a strict daddy, okay? My pops was strict. I knew that when my pops came home, it was probably going to be some tension. Nine times out of ten. And it wasn't necessarily because he was a bad guy. It was because eh, he didn't really handle his emotions and his mental health that well. So when he came home, he was mostly frustrated. This is a guy who spent his career working with the public, you know, in security and law. So it's like when he comes home, he's probably a little frustrated. So I had been conditioned to know that when my pops come home, I need to give him his space. Okay? So... My pops coming home, that was the trigger for me. That was my cue to say, okay, let me go get some space and go and get about his way. At least for a little while until he get adjusted. Okay. So when I was using this morning motivation, for example, I really wanted to highlight what areas of our life. Let's let's take this in, let's go deeper. Now that we've got the concept of what class and conditioning is, I actually wanted to flip this, and this is what my intention was when I when I worked on this one. Because a lot of times we have fuels in our life, okay? We have fuels in our life. We have things in our lives that we go through that condition us to respond to life in a certain way, okay? So some of them can be good. Some of them can be bad. But I also want to enforce that fuels and triggers can be the same thing. The perception is all that changes. Okay. So let's let's kind of go back to where I was speaking at earlier when I was saying how in the psychological realm or in the mental health realm or in the ment mental study realm, trigger is typically related to something that is a re reflect of a traumatic event. Okay. So when we're trying to identify these triggers in our life, what's triggering us to respond a certain way? 
what's fueling us to respond a certain way. So I'll give you two examples, okay? Money. Money is a big trigger. It's a big fuel for a lot of people. You can even plug in motivation in there in a lot of cases. That's why we have to really get to a point where our motivation is healthy. But let's use money as an example. We learn from a young age that money gets you things. Money gets you material objects. Money gets you power. Money gets you things that not having money typically doesn't get you. So we become a even even the simple things as far as like your rent, your car note, your electric, your gas. We have been conditioned and we have a full, most of us have a full understanding that there must be a currency exchange. Okay, so I need money in order to get the things that I want. So therefore, money becomes a fuel to get those things. Okay, so where this becomes problematic, and we'll just use money as the first example, where this becomes problematic is when we are using these fuels or we are triggered by these things for the wrong reasons. Okay, so now I'm fueled by money. Trick money is my trigger to get up and go work. Money is my trigger to go after um, my goals. Or let's reverse that because money might be the actual goal. Money is my trigger to get up and work. That's my trigger. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm not getting up to go work because I got a family. I'm not getting up to work because I got a kid. I'm not getting up to work because I love what I do. I'm getting up to work because money is my fuel. And see, this is what we do a lot of times. We also will convince ourselves that we're getting up to do it for family. We're getting up to do it for our children. We're getting up to do it. Most people don't lie and say they love what they do. But we use those things as um, we use those things as deception for for the actual fuel that's motivating us. OK, we're but in, and that's where it becomes an unhealthy thing where it's like, OK, I'm after this. Money is my trigger. Every time you pull it, that's what's making me work. So 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 what happens is what happens when you don't have any money and you can't get any money? Are you then not motivated? Are you then not empowered? Are you then not inspired to provide for yourself, to provide for your family, to provide, to, to pursue your passions or let your passions pursue you? That's a whole nother conversation. But are we then not in that space where we feel um, that fire underneath us? Okay. So uh, my, when my mother passed away, my mother passed away and then brief time after my sister passed away. Okay. So during these times, I had began to use that grief as a motivator. Okay. So when my mother passed away, I got a fire under my behind. So when she passed, it was, it was a little different because I hadn't been used to working um, a traditional nine to five, if you will. So that kind of triggered me. It actually scared me a little bit because it's like, okay, that safety's not there of home. It's that that sense of security's not there. So I need to go out and I need to go get it. You know, it wasn't necessarily a matter of providing for myself. It was more of a matter of not drowning. 
So I was motivated by that grief. I was fueled by it. I was fueled to get out and go provide. I was fueled to lose weight because really I was, whenever I would go into the gym, I would think about my mother. I would think about that death. I would think about how she's not here. All of those thoughts would fuel me and run through my brain and literally fire off as I'm working out. And that's what I would channel. Okay. So when my sister passed away, I did the same thing. And I want to, I want to be clear about this. I learned a lot about myself through these ordeals. So I'm not saying that this is a completely negative thing. I'm not saying that your triggers, your fuels, um, you know, regardless of what they are, are automatically bad things. What I'm saying is, are they sustainable? And this is what I'm getting to. So when my sister had passed away, I continued to kick it up. I had lost maybe about 70 pounds when my mom had passed away. Went to college, you know, did what we do in college, had a good time, one of the best times of my life, but, you know, gained a little bit back. Once my sister had passed away and I began to turn that back on. Also, dealing with women and not having good situations, dealing with breakups, going through breakups and using that as fuel that negativity as fuel, those things triggered me. So now I'm like, okay, my mom passed, my sister passed, me and this chick didn't work out. I'm about to take all that fuel and I'm about to put it in my engine. Okay, see, but here's the thing, that fuel can be used to be put on a fire too. Okay, now stick with me because I'm, I'm gonna take that somewhere. I'm gonna take that somewhere. So fast forward to... 2000 and fast forward to 2016, 17, when I was beginning to talk to my wife, um, I was in a good space. I didn't have that negative fuel. I didn't have any uh, grief burdening me. I didn't have any breakups that were on my shoulders that were like, oh, I'm gonna prove them. I'm gonna show them. Or, oh, I'm gonna put on for my moms. I'm gonna put on for my sis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show them. Because I had a sense of peace that had come into my life even before I met my wife. When it comes to my mother and my sister, I had already began to develop a, a, a sense of peace, okay? But by the time my wife came into the picture, my peace was even at a greater level because I had began to um, get in a space where I really appreciated my singleness. There's a gift in your singleness. There's a gift in being single, you know, and I have really began to settle into that space. And I found myself without that fuel. I found myself without that that trigger. So I couldn't I couldn't cock back and reload, you know? And I didn't know exactly how to how to recapture that. So it was at that point when I realized that that fuel wasn't sustainable. It was at that point when I realized grief was not sustainable. Being fueled by negative events, it wasn't sustainable. Even when it comes to money, it wasn't sustainable. 
Now, everybody's got a different threshold for what they feel money is. But for me, I come from a time where I didn't have much money. And I have more money now than I had previously. And when I began to make more money, that money wasn't enough to be like, this, this, ain't, this ain't something that's, this ain't the type of fuel that I'm trying to be fueled by. Like, it's not enough. It doesn't, it doesn't get my horsepowers going enough for me. You know what I mean? It doesn't get my horsepower going enough. And it's not just me because I've had so many conversations with successful people, wealthy people, that when it comes to that point where it's like, I got all this money in the bank, but I'm still not happy, it brings us back to the same thing of that trigger's not good enough. That fuel is not good enough. So it kind of forces us to look at ourselves and really say, what am I being fueled by? Okay. So one thing that I learned is that we have to be able to backtrack and find the lie. Every unsustainable fuel, there's a lie. Okay. And when I say that, there's something rooted in our past that contributes to this. Now, based upon recording... I'm not sure if you guys have heard the Suppression versus Repression podcast, but I highly suggest you stay tuned for it or go back and backtrack to it and check out the Repression versus Suppression podcast because when it comes to finding these triggers, most of the time most of the time um most of the time our triggers are associated with trauma. Okay? Most of the time our triggers are associated with uh some type of traumatic event. And when I say traumatic event, it doesn't have to be monumental. It can be something small. It can be something that you've spent decades re- repressing, suppressing in your mind. You've spent, you know, a lot of time kind of tucking that down and pushing that down to the point where it's like now all you have is your reaction to it and you don't even remember what was fueling it. And this is where I'm kind of, this is where things kind of come full circle because we get to a point where we're triggered by things, we're fueled by things, and we don't even know after so long what that was fueling us. We don't even know what the trigger was. Prime example. And I use my, my, me and my wife as an example again. When I first started dating, my wife is, she would try to surprise me with dates. You know, she would try to surprise me with dates and... It lightweight bothered me. Okay. It bothered me because... And this this came from me actually stopping and saying, why does that bother me? So, let's slow down. So, she would surprise me with dates. Okay. And there would be a sense of irritation over me. And she could sense it. I could sense it because, of course, I'm putting it out there. And she'd say, why, why, are, you, why are you irritated? And I would just really just create scenarios to make friction. And it wasn't until I actually stopped, you know, I had a conversation with my therapist, recommended, had a conversation with my therapist and kind of worked through this, just, and I said, okay, why does that frustrate you when your wife um, tries to plan dates, okay? And you have to work backwards like this, okay? It frustrates me because I didn't feel as though I had control. She's planned this. I don't know where she's where we're going. She just wants me to go along with it. 
I don't know how to prepare myself. Like it makes me un it made me uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable not knowing what we were doing. Okay. So why did that make me uncomfortable? Why did that make me uncomfortable not knowing what we were doing? And this is where you kind of got to do some digging. This is where you start to find some stuff that's probably rooted in your childhood. You know what I mean? So I had to really think about it. I said, okay, when was the first time I remember feeling like that in my life? Okay, you got to kind of go back. When was the first time I had a I had an irritation with not feeling as though I was in control? Thought about it. Thought about it. And I say, you know what? I remember on the weekends, my mother and father will go grocery shopping. Okay. So they will go grocery shopping. And me being the youngest, you know, my brother and sister, they eight years older than me. They're at a point where they can, you know, be on their own without having to be supervised. I'm just a kid. So I'm going along with them. So it was always the same ritual. Okay, and a part of it I enjoyed, a part of it I didn't. So it would normally begin with me getting a haircut. Pops would take me to get a haircut. Um, we go to McDonald's. Of course, I love that. We go to McDonald's. And then it was the unexpected part. Light bulb. Then it was the unexpected part. I didn't know what was coming next. I know that we was probably going to get groceries, which I hated going to the grocery store as a kid. And then I knew that my mom was probably going to go shopping. It was the ritual every weekend. Didn't know how long we was going to be out. Didn't know what stores we was going to. I knew we weren't going to be spending all Saturday in Toys R Us. So what are we doing? And it began to bother me. It frustrated me because it became a ritual. Where it's like, okay, I know Saturday's coming around. I'm going to be in the car doing something I don't want to do. Going somewhere that I can't expect. Not enjoying myself. Not enjoying myself. Okay. So now that I have that, and I have when I felt like this, and where it came from, now we fast forward back to the scenario. Where's the lie? We must ask ourselves then. Where does the lie in your experience lie in your current situation? Okay, so I know that I felt that way when I was a kid, and I felt that way because I knew I didn't feel like I was going to enjoy myself. And I didn't want to be there. Okay. So now you apply that situation to the conversation and the issue with my wife at that time. She's planning a date. Do you not want to hang with your wife? Sure. I want to hang with my wife. Do you not want to spend time with your wife? Sure. I want to spend time with my wife. Do you not want to go wherever she wants you to go because... Nine times out of ten, if she's planning a surprise for you, then she's more than likely taking into consideration some things that you two would enjoy together. I say, yep, that sounds like a fact too. That sounds like a good time to me. So therein lies the lie. Therein lies the thing that can be put to rest. Because it's like, okay, I've been fueled by this. Didn't even know where that was coming from. Didn't even know why that was frustrating me. I just knew that when she planned something, I was upset. Like, why are you upset? <laughs> like, why are you upset? And it's, it came from that childhood experience. And I had to actually backtrack to that childhood experience in order to see how it was affecting my current 
day situation. So as I worked through that, um, that wasn't an issue anymore. Once I was able to realize where the lie was at and why it was impacting my relationship, I was able to see that. Okay. So a lot of times we have to backtrack through those situations in order to find a healthy means of sustainable energy. Okay. Money is a money is one of those things that's rooted in um, a fear of poverty. A fear of really a fear of poverty to keep it simple. A fear of poverty. Uh, fear of uh, not being secure, um, you know, things that kind of that branch off from that tree. And there's a great book by Napoleon Hill, uh, Outwitting the Devil, Changed My Life. He he breaks that down a lot with how um, basically the book is about how Napoleon Hill had ran into the devil after this long downward spiral that he was in and he managed to coerce the devil into a conversation about how he manipulates society now i know it sounds a little crazy or demonic for some but it's a fantastic book that really opens your mind up to some concepts about how you actually think without even knowing how you think so the reason why i brought that up is because he focuses a part on how Money, for example, he, he mentions like seven of them. Uh, let me see if I got the book in my bookshelf to kind of flip it out. But he focuses on several of them and how they how the enemy uses those to manipulate us. And when I say when I use money, for example, in poverty, that's where one of the one of the things we have to backtrack to that um, that lie and how we came to use that money as a fuel how we began to use the opposite sex as a fuel how we began to use all of those things as a fuel and even just to kind of stop on the opposite sex situation for a minute um, and I want to talk about this on another episode but when it comes to you know the opposite sex I'll use myself for example being a man and a male um, in a marriage with my wife so when it comes to these dynamics, we have to, one of the things that kind of helps us realize our fuel, what we're triggered by, and what the purposes are, is to first be able to realize the difference between a female and a woman, and a male and a man, okay? There are thousands of animals that God created that <clears throat> are male and female, <clears throat> There's only one creature, there are only two animals that God created that can be man and woman. So a lot of the times when we are being fueled or triggered by the opposite sex, when we're going after that, like in pursuit of women, or if you're in pursuit of men, I use myself, for example, if I'm in a pursuit of a woman, or if I'm in a pursuit of that opposite sex, am I in a pursuit of her for what the female brings to the table or am I in pursuit of her for what a woman brings to the table okay if I'm in pursuit of her for what a female brings to the table then more than likely I'm into that for procreation um, more than that more than likely I'm into that for what be honest with you that's, that's, let's keep it simple procreation I'm here to screw I'm here to get it in excuse my French and I ain't even use French but I'm here to screw I'm here to I'm here to get it in. I'm here for intercourse. I'm here for what a male does 
naturally, genitalia, penis, vagina, mixed together, female, male, let's do what males and females do. However, that's not all that man and woman do. Okay? Male and man and woman were meant to not only support each other, be each other's one, also to be fruitful and multiply. You know, all of these things were written early in Genesis. You know what I mean? So we have to be aware of what's actually fueling us because if we don't, we will confuse the roles of a female and a woman and a male and a man and be going after the wrong things not knowing what we're being fueled by and thinking that it's a natural thing for and it's okay to just run around and having sex with everything that legs are open when and then call ourselves a man or vice versa trying to get laid by everything with a penis and calling ourselves a woman when being a woman or being a man commands more of us than just that sexual act so now you want to get on those soapbox but i do want to break that down for a second and really kind of dive back in when my wife comes on the show and kind of just discuss that a little more but i want us to be able to really start to focus on those fuels and those triggers that we have if you're aware of the fuel why are you fueled by the fuel? Why is that your trigger? Where did it come from? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Is it hurting you? Is it hindering you? Is it progressing you? And to what point is it progressing you? And is it sustainable? Okay? So, homework assignment. Homework assignment, ladies and gentlemen. So, one thing that I did, and I recommend for you guys to do, is journal for the day. Journal for the week um, when you're triggered whatever it is the longer that you journal the better results you'll have so of course you can journal for a day of course you can journal for a week but if you can journal for a month or even a season journal for a season like whenever you're triggered um whenever you're triggered like whenever you feel that fuel you can even make it simple whenever you're motivated and we aren't always motivated by good things so just however you want to look at it but journal what triggered you today what triggered you to be angry what triggered your fear? What triggered your anxiety? What triggered your happiness? What triggered your lust? What triggered your love? What triggered your passion? Like what triggered you today, this week, this month? Why did it trigger you? What happened? What was going on? What was the situation at hand? Once we take a look at that, you know, that's, that's the step first step of the homework assignment the next step is well actually that was two steps the trigger and then why and then the third piece of it is what's the earliest memory that you have of feeling that way okay kind of the example I use with my wife and surprise dates what was the earliest time that you remember feeling that way in your life okay so I think that that's a good way to help us to be able to find our triggers, find our fuels, find what truly motivates us. And then it also helps us to dive a little deeper and see whether those are healthy triggers, healthy fuels, um, whether they're sustainable or whether they're not sustainable. Because I'm going to be honest with y'all. There's only one fuel that's sustainable. 
And yeah, I might be biased, but I appreciate you for listening to the Surreal Life Podcast. And because of that, I'm gonna be transparent with you with what I, what I believe in because anything else, I'm not being true to myself. I believe that God is the only true sustainable resource that we have. I believe that God makes the world turn. I believe that God is what woke us up this morning. I believe that it is that breath of God that pumps through our lungs that allows us to breathe when we wake up in the morning. So anything else that we are using to sustain us is not truly sustainable. However, I'm not going to push that agenda on you because I want you to be able to come to a realization of the fuel that you are using first. How is it helping you or hurting you first? What was the earliest memory? Because like I said, we can't just lean on the spiritual health. It's a lot of spiritually healthy people out here that can tell you everything under the sun about whatever it is that they believe in, yet they're mentally unhealthy, yet they're emotionally unhealthy, yet they are physically unhealthy. So let's get to a point where we can balance Let's get to the point where we can at least recognize that there are lights on in different rooms of our body. You know? So I want to thank you all for tuning in another episode of the Surreal Life Morning Motivation Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and keep the lights on for me. Go ahead and keep the lights on for me. Um, I do this for y'all. I do this to motivate, inspire, empower. Um... Feel free also, don't forget, if you know somebody that's in need of that inspiration, motivation, and empowerment, have them subscribe to the Motivation, More Than Motivation text text thread, my text, and motivate me to 31996. Once again, that is text, motivate me to 31996. You will be added on to the list. Until the next time when we tap into another morning motivation that you guys want me to dive in deeper to, I'm your host for today and your host always, Sir Evans. Salute. Have a blessed week, y'all. I'm Sir Evans, and you've been listening to Surreal Life Morning Motivation. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this episode, and join me next week for Surreal Life more than motivation. Thank you for listening. Salute.